2: Hello and welcome to Future of Media Explained, where this week we're talking about broadcast journalism in an election year. Welcome back to Future of Media Explained. I'm Charlotte Tovert, UK editor at Press Gazette, and I'm here with editor-in-chief Dominic Ponsford. Hi, Dom. Hi, Charlotte. Our first one of the New Year, so happy New Year.
1: Yes, it's great to be back.
2: Yeah, you hate resting and having a break from news, don't you?
1: Torture to me. Yeah, <laughs> as as I'm sure it is for you and the rest of the team.
2: Awful, yeah.
1: <laughs> but you you have to do it, and so it's just good to be back, isn't it? And uh, doing what doing what we love.
2: And we've got a great first one back, haven't we? We've got Gloria De and Christopher Hope, two pretty big names of GB News. GB News, of course, about two and a half years old now, started June 2021. How's it doing, Dom?
1: Well, so, yeah, they're launching a new show together. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk to them about the show, but also to talk about the future of sort of broadcasting and political journalism uh, in this, what's going to be a very key election year. Um, And I guess it was also a chance to talk to them a bit about what GB News is doing right because at a time when most broadcasters and publishers are losing audience, um, GB News, according to most metrics, is, is growing. And it's getting sort of firmly established, really, as a, one of a key sort of news channel uh, and a key part of the national conversation, really. So I thought it was a good chance to talk to them uh, about that as well and to also sort of uh, shoot the breeze a bit about some of the big themes in politics and political coverage coming up this year, because it's going to be such an interesting year, isn't it, British politics and the media?
2: Yeah, for sure. Chris Hope's a perfect person, isn't he? He's obviously been at The Telegraph as political editor for a long time, recently made the switch to TV News. So did you find out a bit more about that decision as well?
1: Well, I I asked him about that, because, yeah, uh, Chris Chopper Hope, um, 20 years at The Telegraph, uh, associate editor, so he really, really was sort of um, part of the furniture there and a very um, kind of senior figure. And then Gloria De Piero, who's a sort of front bench Labour MP uh, and and has a very senior Korean broadcast journalism behind her as well. So it's all both of them, really. I sort of, um, you know, I suggested it quite a risky move to go to GB News, quite an untested um, channel. So it's sort of tell us a bit more about why they've done that and uh and also a bit about what they what they want to achieve we've got some interesting revelations in there i made an assumption about um chris hope's voting intentions which he which he put me right on so i shouldn't assume things just because he's writes a particular publication that he thinks in a certain way which is quite interesting
2: well yeah very fair point so do you do you want to lead us in i feel like you've you've teased us enough i feel like everyone's hyped up um how did you start the interview
1: so yeah so i I caught up with um christopher hope and Gloria de piero at the new gb news offices opposite um the palace of westminster it's actually the they've taken over the um old sky news offices there it's quite interesting yeah and i sort of just i started off asking them a little bit about you know what it was that um drew gb news just sort of take take the gamble if you were, if you will. And then I went on to talk to them about some other things as well, such as the sort of future of political journalism in election year and also about that pesky advertising boycott that they've got at GB News and um, about sort of the questions of in, around impartiality that GB News faces. Quite a good moment for GB News, I think. I mean, we've been writing a lot about the ratings. you sort of got your numbers are all going in the right direction. Uh, Dory, you've been GB News since the beginning. So certainly, I think in the first few weeks or months, people were a bit probably... I mean, personally, I sort of thought, well, Rupert Murdoch's just going to kind of steamroll you. And it was a bit wobbly to begin with as well, wasn't it? now that sort of seems on a much more solid footing.
3: It was, I mean, I'm not going to lie, those first few months were incredibly difficult, actually. Um, And and not just technically, and all the things that are being well-catalogued, and obviously, like, people openly laughing at us, people in the media openly going, well, this is going my way. When, I mean, I've, you know, I'm a journalist as well as a former Labour MP, but, like, balance on television has always been essential to me in all my jobs. And I felt there were points where, unless I personally rang up up a Labour politician and begged them, uh, to do a favour and come on the channel, then it was I, 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 it was, I was getting nowhere. I haven't had to make them of those calls. I can't remember the last
0: time I saw it of those calls. Just, yeah, I mean, you know, with Labour now can't get enough of this. I mean, I was a press conference on Thursday, interview wrote on Friday, John flashers Friday, so we were the PM. So, you know, the concerns that you mentioned now about, you know, some of the on the channel and when you get a fair hearing for their MPs? That is being demonstrably proven they are getting fair be because they're, they're repeatedly coming on and wanting to come on.
3: I'm just going to give a shout out, actually, to one of those friends because I tell you, well, it was tough. And so Wes Scrucy, I remember, he came on. Oh, it, this was early. It was in the summer. So we'd, we'd launched uh, just weeks or, you know, within days. And, I, and Wes came on and he came to the studio and he said, Glory, my position is this. I will come anywhere where I can speak to voters. That's all I care about. I just think that's it.
0: Gradually, we're there now. Well, I think I think Westminster is about six months behind where we are. And they're not watching it properly. They're watching through Twitter half the time. They look at all the critics of it. That's um, cool. um, as I went to spy interview, the interviews there with Adam Bolton, Caroline Nokes, so and was it David Yelland? I think on Newsnight when they said, "Yeah, just shut it down." I mean, there's two hundred fifty. Yeah. Young journalists on the station, old journalists, old young journalists. They all want jobs. I mean, we've should ever more jobs, not fewer jobs than journalists.
1: Yeah. So we we were gonna we're gonna get onto the fact that you guys have got a um, new show, a weekly show every Wednesday, PMQs, Keir versus Rishi. You'll be doing, covering that from five to twelve till one o'clock. So we'll, we'll get onto that. First of all, uh, before we get into that, I mean, you both, um, you know, serious careers. So I just suppose, you know, what was it sort of due to News? So it's a bit of a risky move, potentially, uh, given that as a channel, I guess it's not without controversy and it's still making its reputation, isn't it? A lot of people are very, very concerned about it because they worry that it's going to be like Fox News in the UK. It can't be, though, because we're governed by Ofcom. We have completely
3: different broadness in this country. So that sort of um, allegation, comparison, it makes no sense. We chose to be governed by Ofcom.
0: Yeah, 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 I mean, what do you the Telegraph? Uh, it was definitely hard to winkle me off the rock? I mean, it took me a while.
3: <laughs> yeah, they were trying I mean, to get trying you
0: to it for a bit, Yeah, I, I, What I love about it is that it is political news for, for people. I think so much political news is for other journalists. It's not done for people out there who who's experience news, I think. And I've always tried to do that with my journalism at the Telegraph, and it's taken that into a broadcast situation, trying to just not do it and not talk about it in bubble language, and so many people doing that and, tra- and try to communicate it for just about other p- for people who want to watch it and, ex- and understand it. And also, therefore, the agenda is set a lot by them, so there'll be a lot of news on small boats, why immigration can't be controlled, that poll's very highly high, our view, so we do it all the time, and other broadcasters shy away from it. I mean, both parties don't want to talk about it, because neither parties have got the main parties have got a good answer either.
3: And I think what attracted me to I had a lovely job at Times Radio, actually, which, uh, which I really um, enjoyed. But the idea of an, an anti establishment channel, a, yeah. a channel that was for, like, like Chris says, not, and we know this, we know that we've all been journalists, journalists making things for other journalists. And a lot of political programmes are about them. Yeah. But you know, being the MP for Ashfield, former mining constituency, in North Nottinghamshire, it really changed me, and it really changed my politics because well, I'm still that girl from Bradford. But actually, every day I'm spending in London, just hanging out with the same people, yeah. and my views are changing. You don't know me, and I thought everyone just thought the same thing yeah. because I just hung out with the same people, and then I go to Ashfield, and I think, oh my gosh, yeah. I thought that everyone was like me. And actually, notice like that it's just my group that are like me, and that gives me a massive wake-up call. I don't know if it's the same for you, because when people stop me and want to talk about GB News and the same exploring from GB News, they're the people who I used to represent in Ashfield. That's that's what I think, and I just. Just finally, I think, on the Brexit referendum, which was, I thought, I strongly argued for my party to respect the result of that, and it really made me angry. It really made me so angry that people's, some people's voices, because they were sort of main working class, well, they didn't count, even though they were the majority. And I sort of felt a bit radicalised by that. Feels. I couldn't believe that, you know, people saying, I'll oh, do it again, you're you thickers. But I thought it might be a moment when the news channels woke up and went, Oh my God, gosh! We didn't know that we were going to leave the European Union. Get up to Mansfield and find out—you know what's going on there. I thought they'd go. We need to be in Mansfield more, and it hasn't. That moment of reflection, that wake-up call—it hasn't happened, and I think we're providing. It.
0: Yeah, I think that's
1: right. So it's about the new programme, then. I guess you know election year, PMQs, and, and I guess um, there's sort of two big themes. Or one of the two big media themes this year, possibly uh, people turned off from politics, which has a long a long-term thing. And also, people are turned off from the mainstream media quite a bit. And it strikes me that uh, PMQs is probably where the toxic politics of baby meets the sort of Westminster bubble. And it's
0: not all that edifying, to be honest.
1: So I'm just wondering
0: why more coverage of it. We're ready to share it on the the channel PMQs, but we don't really try and structure or put any kind of branding around it or any kind of attempt to formalise how we understand it. So what we're trying to do in election, what we're saying in the series we are the election channel, is to have two faces that are known to humans to try and to explain what's going on, why why that's been said, and try and communicate it away from the kind of the bubble, the chin stroke, you know, I know what that means, you know, and trying to break out from the kind of and explain it to viewers, so I think, in a way which isn't done before. We're going to have an MP. Probably to put Tory and Labour certainly from the art following on it to help us do it. And we're going to gradually, I mean, we, we, we're, simple, we're new in the studio, Dominic, so we are just going to get get it launched properly and then develop some quite exciting ideas in the next few months.
3: And we want the, the audience to be watching it with us and we want them to be emailing in with what they would have asked which she's going to say, oh, that's what they would ask you, Stan, because we've got our panel of politicians afterwards. We're not just interested in my name, Chris's questions fabulous, I'm sure <laughs> We're interested in uh, the audience's questions, and we'll cut those, and we promise sincerely that if you, mm-hmm. for those people that email some of those questions yeah. will be put to our panel as representatives of uh,
0: the... Yeah, the, not saying uh, anything for granted, granted. I want to say COP28 summit. and um, I, I, I do try and ask questions, but I think people at home want to hear the answers mm-hmm. to. And I was struck by the fact that at that, that event they announced six hundred billion million million spent on some kind of green projects around the world. And I, I know that at home people say, well, "Well, we can't get our roads fixed. What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. I know that we understand that there's a kind of higher goal here for net zero. But I, I don't want to ignore that feeling. Mm-hmm. So I asked Richard at the press conference, "Why spending money on?" Climate change when you can't build enough hospitals for building a home and paying for them. And I know that's, that's a choice you make in politics, but I want to make it just then for the viewers. Just you know, me. I felt like I was with the boy saying everyone got no clothes. I mean, felt like at the moment, i like, not spending money at COP. But I think that was a thing to ask. If we could try and hit that question each time, Absolutely. what is the person at home saying?
3: Hi, I'm Anoush, and I host the New Statesman podcast. Twice a week, we get under the skin of Westminster to help understand what's going on and what's going to happen next. We interview politicians, policymakers, and people on the front line to get you the full story behind the headlines. Plus, hear from our award-winning editorial team, including political editor Andrew Marr, to get to the bottom of what on earth is happening. Listen to the New Statesman podcast. You can subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You both obviously come from different political traditions.
0: And do you bring that to the... Yeah. Yeah. I honestly I mean,
3: do. I not know anyone? We'll vote next election. No? I was on my wife, I So i haven't assumed, assumed it was actually worth it because they're supporting
0: telegraph. They, they don't have vote, and, and you don't have
1: votes. Well, I suppose that is actually is a misconception, isn't it? Oh, OK. So not necessarily then. Yeah, there'll be
3: no surprises, so I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, And then, Gloria, do you see it as your role to... Um, Provide that kind of left-wing balance on GB News.
3: Do you know what? I started at the BBC. Once you've had it sort of imprinted in you that you have to be fair, then I just I like to be fair to to, to all people. To all politicians, and maybe I'm but I still think that most of them go in it for the right reasons. And actually, the profile interviews that I do with politicians are probably the, you won't get those on any other news channel, it's the most humanizing that you would get of politicians. You know, people say we're about hate, but actually, those profile interviews do more to humanize politicians than anything I've seen on television. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I am left wing. But I'm
0: not, this is not about like, the, the, that won't be what the show's about. It's we don't have of it. The, the one thing we do do, I do hear feedback from ministers, is we do give them a chance to a chance to answer. Yeah. So they'll say, that they'll, they'll do the round. And we always tend to say, why are you here? What are you doing? And, and a lot of the ministers, they complain, they can't get their foot there off. Why are they here? Or well, they're being attacked or something else in, in, in the, their party or the government. So I think we... What we are trying to do is give give them a hearing and not not interrupt. We think we have fun polling, but interrupting and politicians really annoys people. And people do
3: like that when they yeah. hear. It's not for yeah. the interview to say, shut sure, up, you're talking rubbish, and They and have gonna be having a broader. Yeah, the things are slab enough. Or the yeah. listeners are slab enough. I'll go, mm, no, I don't
1: like that. So I guess one of the big other things like this year, misinformation. Probably in the election a last part of that probably comes from the politicians themselves, isn't it? Because they, they quite make a lot of announcements which have to be checked very quickly and sometimes they make the same announcement several times and the same bit of money gets spent uh, a dozen times and uh, you know, it's quite hard to keep, keep tabs on. So is that gonna be a big thing for you guys this year in terms of fact checking and
0: Well, I mean definitely. I mean definitely, and doing our best to hold them accountable. I mean it's all about you will. I thought last year it was gonna be an immigration election. I yeah. think we going about tax. Normal elections about spending the tax within and that we've seen clear blue and red water already on these areas. And I think Haitians pay for things. And can you really afford money next to Labour? Can you afford to, the non-dog tax, which means money evaporates into the sand after about two years, or will it keep, keep paying for itself over the years? And will that money go it, put pressure on, on protected schools if you have private schools shutting down? All these questions will be asked. Um, both sides really, I mean, and trying to reflect the concerns of the, of the viewers. But what's
3: so sad, and I speak as a former politician, um, as well as a, a broadcaster, is just how so there's so many don't know this election, by the way, so many don't And this is an election year, and um, I think it's about a third of voters, so they haven't decided about for change, you know, with, with Labour yet. They genuinely do not know. Lots of those 2019 first-time story about it, they do not know. It. And I think there is a little bit of them. I'm not yeah. sure I trust politics yeah. or politicians anymore. So actually, on your initial question, I think
0: that they shouldn't
3: have promised, because I don't think people got by
0: But
3: it's, 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 it's with last week. But it's such a difficult, that's actually, if, you, if, if you're too radical and people go, well, that's nonsense, you know they going to, be able to live with that. If you're not radical enough, people say you've got to say, and that in a sense of like the political conundrum, isn't it, that they've but
1: we've got to try and as we get to that election. So as so, I said so at the beginning, of GB News, you know, you've got any metric you like is going up, isn't it? And at a time when most broadcasters and publishers go down. So engagement's going down. And you've got engagement going up. So what do you think it is about GB News? What is it that you're doing differently mm-hmm. that maybe other more
0: established broadcasters could learn from it? Who've, who've been doing things, you know, the same way for a long, a long oh, time. I think- I think we absolutely are rooted in the viewers. I mean, they, put, they push around numbers, don't they regularly, for um, the programme. So you see if something's working, they'll deal with it. Um, I think that the content is aimed squarely. Uh, people don't want to watch it. And so much of the other broadcasters, if I can see is aimed at what they should be thinking. or you know, it's, it's kind of got with them in mind all the time. And I think we're a start-up. And the other
3: thing, I think, is that Rolling News, which was invented in our lifetimes. If you think about it, it was quite a revolution when, when the news began. But it hasn't actually changed in 30 years. Um, you know, can you discuss and debate the news and what it means to you rather than just saying, and there's a place in this, but just saying, we're across Mountain my gosh, we're across Mountain the 10, we're across Mountain that's being flooded. Let's talk about what it means. I'm not saying that we're the first and only people to do it, on Channel Five, but people want a debate and discussion. They just don't want somebody saying, this is what's happened today, and now back to the studio.
1: Yeah, it would struck me. If you look, look at the news at 10, you, and you cross between ITV and BBC One, the running order, they would cover the same six stories in the exact same order. Since GB News began, before it broadcast a word, there were people trying to persuade um, advertisers to boycott it. And I think that still continues with Stop Funding Hate. I think it still, still continue to want, to want to sort of really close the channel down. What do you think about that? Well,
3: oh, first of all, they won't succeed. Secondly, it is absurd to campaign against a news channel that has not broadcast a single frame. And thirdly, and this is the crucial point, viewers, readers, listeners, determine whether or not a channel or a newspaper or a radio um, station survives. Not advertisers, businesses, any of the corporate
0: interests. The numbers we are doing now should convince to come back. I think we are really serving an audience which is completely not served and then people are badly keen on, on the channel.
1: So, well, thanks for all that. Interesting. So, what, what do you think, uh, like for other journalists listening, what do you think are going to be the big themes now, the big sort of issues that are going to uh, get the readers going as we go into the election and get them interested, I suppose, and not, get, not have them turning off, have them sort of turned on to it? How close do you think it's going to be then? Do you think... Um, do you think it will be a closer election than we think?
0: Well, it's a hung parliament. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think it's a hung parliament. I mean, the election will be the seventh of November, and it'll be a hung parliament. I think it's. I think the Tory supporters will come back. There's around the number ten. I think there's twenty three percent of undecideds. So they can get them back. they even dealing on parity with with Labour Party polls always narrow. Look at, at the Katrina main twenty seventeen. I mean, that was unbelievable.
3: What's I agreed with Chris. Until the summer, I would have said the same. Last summer. So i just going, yes, six months ago, whatever. I am concerned, I'm concerned for the Conservatives, because I'm a British unit, actually. I'm just concerned about whether this party is governable and whether actually Labour win, and win quite big by default, not because they're getting Tory switches to Labour, but because one goes down. For every Tory that stares at home or walks to a different party, Labour
0: goes up. one. It's not held by Chris Skidmore resigning. I mean, this kind of thing is latest later
3: so I just think Lakers think by by default, rest yeah. necessarily with love and like nineteen ninety seven, Tony Blair, but one goes down, the other you know, just goes up anyway.
0: What do you think of the big things I mean immigration is going to be huge something yet again? So
3: cost of living, national health service, yeah, but you taxation. Might, Yeah, immigration.
0: But I think I you think know, we're gonna to have to try and really connect with our audience. We can't hide from them. We're not part of a big company, a big corporate or even a state funded like BBC or anything else. We we are literally have to face the viewers look them in the eye and give them what they want, what they want to hear about, and the issues they care about have to be raised on channel. Well, look, good luck with the programme.
1: Thanks very much for coming on. Thank,
0: Thank you. you. Thanks, Dominic.
2: Thanks so much, Dom, and thanks again to Chris, Chopper, and Gloria. So, Dom, what were, your, what were your thoughts after that? What did you leave Westminster thinking about?
1: Well, I think the interesting thing about GB News is that it's a sort of different sort of channel in the sense that Sky News and um, BBC and and most of the existing broadcasters sort of um, try to be all along the waterfront, don't they? They try and give you all the news and uh, they do it for a general audience. But GB News is coming at it from a different angle, isn't it? It's sort of got its constituency, uh, which is, I guess it's sort of... Um, slightly disaffected people, it's um, maybe a lot of people who voted for Brexit, who feel a bit disillusioned with the mainstream parties, people that uh, feel disillusioned with existing broadcasters or existing journalism to a certain extent. So it's it's just interesting that they seem to be listening very closely to them, and instead of saying, we're going to tell you what are the most important things that you need to know about today... Um, we're going to give you a news agenda that more closely reflects what you want to know about. So I don't know whether that's the right way forward or not, but it's probably something that um, other broadcasters can learn about a little bit, given the you know the extent to which um, you know GB News is growing. Yeah, and I think um, with um, you know the like likes of Christopher Hope and uh, Gloria De Piero, I think they sort of show that some of the fears around GB News being Like um, Fox in the UK, you know that's a long way sort of wide of the mark. I think if you even tune in to sort of something, someone like Nigel Farage in the evening, he's not really like that. They're all, they're all, you know, pretty professional. And the fact, and the fact that they are regulated by Ofcom means they just can't be like Fox. So I think, um, I think some of the fears around GB News were were wide of the mark. I think it does show why it's probably a bit unfair that um, people are. um, they're calling for an ad boycott uh, you know because because at the end of the day those people are probably viewers so what why should they dictate what other people choose to watch
2: hmm. and what are your thoughts more widely about how we're going to do in terms of political journalism and broadcast journalism this year with the election like do you do you think we're set up well is it going to be a good year for journalism
1: i think it's going to be a real i mean it's going to be difficult to top what we've had over the last year or so with sort of Boris Johnson with like the revolving doors at the top of the Tory leadership party, you know, and all the sort of party gate and all the various scandals that have been going on. So I guess we can but wish that this year will be as exciting for, for journalists as we've had over the last couple of years. But I've got to say, looking at the submissions we get for the British Journalism Awards every year, the political journalism is always, you know, it's always the best stuff. We are really lucky in the UK to have really probing, uh, really incisive political journalism. So I think it's going to be a really, really good year for political journalism. And, uh, you know, it, and it'll be interesting to see who's stepping up to pick up that prize at the uh, British Journalism Awards in, in December.
2: Mm, can't wait. Always a big night. But we've got a lot of politics to get through first. <laughs> Thanks again, Don, and thanks to our interviewees, Gloria DiPiero and Christopher Hope of GV News. This has been Future of Media Explained, and we'll be back in a fortnight with another episode on a theme of what's going on in the industry right now. But in the meantime, you can subscribe, leave us a review and find our daily articles on pressgazette.co.uk. See you soon.